Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. I'm not sure that God really cares about my comfort or my happiness so much as he does my holiness and my surrender to him. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I've always asked God to use me as an instrument in any way possible if I can help improve the lives of other people. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. You're going to be defined as a man, as a husband, as a father. When you take the uniform off, who is that guy? Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you during this Memorial Day weekend as we honor and remember those we've lost, those that have sacrificed so much for our freedom. And and so we've got a a really great show coming up, and we're going to be joined by Dean Wegner. He's the founder and CEO of Authentically American. He's a West Point graduate. And, and also, uh, he spent seven years as an officer, a helicopter pilot, and an Army Ranger. And, and so, he'll actually be joined by Daryl Waltrip, former NASCAR driver and, and now a broadcaster. And so, uh, with the Coca-Cola 600 taking place, it, it'll be great to, to talk with him uh, as well as Dean. And, and then, we're also going to have a conversation with former Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker, LaVon Kirkland and and he had a a wonderful career in Pittsburgh and was a pro bowler and all pro and a member of the the 1990s all decade team Uh, but he's been through a lot and and so he's going to share part of his story and his journey and and give us uh, just kind of how his faith got him through some some really uh, difficult situations especially the the loss of his wife Uh, and so uh, man, looking forward to talking with him as well. Later on during the show, we'll do our segment, Unpack This, about the most underappreciated players in the NFL and what we can learn about that in our own lives. So it's all coming up. It's Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're just getting started right here on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM Channel 211. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson after this. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. We're unpacking sports, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you here on Unpacking It. Check out our website, Unpacking unpackingit.com you can also email me bryce at unpackingit.com and i always love to hear from you uh coming up we'll do our segment unpack this about the most underappreciated players in the nfl but before that let's get to our first guest and joining us now is former nfl linebacker lavon kirkland 
He was drafted in the second round of the 1992 draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers after playing his college football at Clemson. He spent nine seasons with the Steelers, one with the Seahawks and one with the Eagles. He was a two-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, and a member of the NFL's 1990s All-Decade team. He joins us today to unpack his story of football and faith. LaVon, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me on. Well, we're, we're psyched to have you, and, and we're, we're going to jump into your story in, in just a little bit. But, of course, as a, a former Steeler, I've got to ask you, do you still follow the team, and, and what are your, your thoughts on the team heading into the upcoming season? Well, I do follow the team. Probably not as close as I used to follow the team, but, you know, I always want to see Clint, I mean Pittsburgh win. Uh, this year has been a little bit of a turbulence going on as far as and seem like the coaching staff and, you know, some particular players. But, you know, I will always follow the Steelers and always interested in see where they're going. Always want to see them win. Oh, that that's great. So when you hear about players, whether at, at the Steelers or anywhere else, that, you know, that have the tension with their coaches or, or have tension with other players, just from your experience as a, a former player, what do you what do you make of that, and and what do you make of kind of the the response from the media and fans when when we hear about these these types of stories or, or fractured relationships? Well, I, I think from a media and fan perspective, you never really know what the inside story is. A lot of times, what you see is kind of surfacey. Mm. Uh, what's reported, you really don't know. You can only base it on what you hear. I think the issue is inside the locker room. There's a communication breakdown. There's a relationship breakdown that was never really ever addressed. Mm. And I think when you have relationship breakdowns, it's going to be a little tougher to function as a well-functioned team. So basically that's what I saw. Mm. There was a breakdown in communication. People needed to be heard that wasn't heard. And the relationship and the communication just went without really resolving the problem. And that's why a team that talented probably had some turbulence and couldn't get themselves together. And it kind of showed on the field when you really don't get along, especially when you're talking about quarterback-wide receiver relationships, the water can get a little mucky. And I think that's what happened with the Steelers. No, no question about it. LeVon Kirkland, former Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker, with us here on Unpacking It. And, and so I want to hear a little bit about your, your story as far as uh, getting into coaching. And, and you spent some time with the Arizona Cardinals. And, and so what, what got you into coaching and, and what was your experience like uh, even specifically with, with the Cardinals? I really enjoy being with a Cardinal organization, especially Bruce. I think Bruce does a good job, especially with his coaches. He's loyal. He understands that they do have a life outside of football. So guys that work for Bruce really enjoy working for Bruce. You don't have to stand there and guard your desk Hmm. uh, for wasteful hours. He just wants you to be effective. And I enjoy I'm learning from him. I got a, a lot of knowledge base as far as football is concerned, looking at it from another perspective instead of a player's perspective. So 
I think that was um, really good for me. I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, I got into coaching by just coaching high school at the time, really. And, you know, even from that perspective, I've always thought that, you know, there's things that I have to get better at. Mm. So I got better at it and got onto the college level and then on to Arizona. And now, you know, I do a lot of camps, some work with younger linebackers, trying to teach them the final points of the game. So I, I learned a great deal from it. Uh, like I said before, there's another perspective, but the, the cool thing I think about football is that if you teach the fundamentals, you can survive in any scheme. And I think if you do it, if you can teach guys younger in the game, I think it would help them a whole lot. That, no, that that's great. And so now you, you've taken on a, a, another role as the, the vice president of development with the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame, uh, which you're also a, a member of. So what does that mean then for your coaching career? And then maybe explain a little bit to us what this new role is all about and, and what you'll be doing. What I've always wanted to do was give back to student athletes of the game. Mm. And I take my experience as going through this process, you know, wishing maybe that I had a mentor to show me and guide me a little bit more. And it was something that I always wanted to do, like I said before. And the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame gives me a chance to give back, gives me a chance to educate, gives me a chance to empower, gives me a chance to encourage athletes along the path. And it's not about going to the NFL. It's basically giving them a roadmap as far as education is concerned, helping them to understand how to get it done, what's required to get it done, and then also helping kids that may not go into college or may not go into athletics and help them connect with the workforce that's out there. In South Carolina, we're 48th in education, Mm. and so we need some help. And, you know, apparently our school system hasn't gotten it done. Parents, our community, uh, our workforce, they need, they need help. And that's where we come into. We, we build off the skills that you learn in football, dealing with diversity, understanding how to communicate. There's a lot of things in football that I think you learn that you can put out in the workforce. So we basically are trying to make a difference. Oh, that's fantastic. And so what are some of the, the specific things that you notice about the, this next generation and, and some of the, you know, the, the kids that you're able to, to interact with that, that you're maybe most concerned about or, or some of the, the areas that, that you really feel like you can you know, pour into and, and speak life into and, and, and share wisdom and advice what, what are some of those, those biggest things that, that jump out to you that, that you feel are a, a major need? I think everybody just wants a connection. Mm. They want to be understood. And they want, just like you said, they just want some knowledge. They want somebody who's been there and done that. And I think if you can articulate those, those things, you have a chance to really help a kid out. Because they need guidance, guidance, I'm sorry, guidance. And they need understanding, and then they need someone to communicate those things to them. We do our best with our our bridge builder program and our workforce connect on how to basically bridge that gap. They they want to say young people today, but honestly, I think is if there's a problem in the youth community, I think it's the adults. 
you know, it's always like I say with players, you know, if a player can't do something, then it's up to the coach to try to help them find out. It's, That's right. It can't possibly be the player that you're trying to develop. It has to, it has to do something with the coaching staff and maybe what they're not doing. So whether they're not disciplining the kids or mm. helping those kids follow through um, the process, it's probably the coaches. So when I when I hear people say, well, the kids today, I, I, I tend to say, well, what about the adults? That's so, great. No, that's a good perspective. So we try to we try to just really give them a support system and a network that they can always lean on for the rest of their lives. LeVon Kirkland is our guest. He's a former Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker, a Clemson Tiger. And when we come back, we've got plenty more to get to with him. We'll hear a lot more uh, about his, his journey, his story, some of the challenges that he's been through, and how his faith allowed him to persevere. It's all coming up right here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. This is Unpacking It. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're in the middle of a conversation with former Pittsburgh Steeler LaVon Kirkland and we continue with him now and and LeVon man love love hearing about everything you're you're up to and and being able to to really coach and pour into the the next generation of, of not only players but but kids as well and and so would love to hear more about your kind of journey and and specifically your your faith journey as well and and I, I understand that that you grew up with a, a dad who was a minister and so, I guess first off, what was that experience like, and and what kind of impact did your dad have on your life and and on your faith? Well, I think, well, I know that my father really loved the Lord, and he really loved serving. That was his big thing about serving and spreading the word. And as a kid, sometimes. Uh, you don't quite understand it because you're in it all the time. Mm. But I think back in uh, 96 for me was the opportunity to give myself to God. Uh, you know, it's, it's come with a lot of triumphs, but it's come with a lot of, uh, a lot of pain and a lot of struggling also. Mm. Uh, you know, I've, I've lost a lot of close people to me within a, a really five-year span. You know, you I've lost some some of the most important people, like your parents, you know, my mom, my dad, my wife, and uh, older brothers. So the thing that keeps you going, you know, not besides playing football, but being grounded in a, a good foundation as far as the word is concerned. And it's something that I never really, that's something that I never forgot before. And it's helped me sing, to be honest with you. Mm. And I think a lot of times when, uh, whether you go through the good times or bad times, you know, there's, you always got to depend on that solid foundation. And just remember my father always talking about, you know, putting your house on a solid foundation. That's right. And that really resonated and always stuck with me. So 
Um, that's been my journey, and I feel like that's my calling to serve young student athletes and try to understand them and try to, you know, help them because I've been through all the levels as far as playing is concerned after you finish playing. And I want to make sure that they don't have to go through some of the challenges that I've gone through. I think some of the challenges that earlier generation had to go through. And I think by understanding what God and his purpose and how you think of yourself. And I think a lot of times that's what we miss. The the Bible talks about, you know, what a man thinks is, you know, moving mountains and really what we can, we're capable of doing so much. And, you know, that's a, that's what I want to give back to other people, not just my word, but God's word about, you know, having the might, the right mindset. Wow. LeVon Kirkland, our guest right now on unpacking it, former Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker. And, and there's a lot to unpack uh, with, with that story. And, and I guess I want to go back to, to you, you mentioned the year 1996 as, as a turning point for you. What was that turning point and what, what led to that, that turning point? Uh, you know, right after the Super Bowl year, maybe it was 97, but I just, I wasn't struggling, but I, I felt like I need to take it to another level. As far as my faith was concerned, I was doing fine, but I felt like maybe there was something missing and talked to my sister-in-law and just really turned myself over to God. And, you know, I, I, it seemed like I got a clarity at that time. And it was amazing how well things went that year, just really trusting in him and not really relying on my knowledge or, you know, anything I are really you know, my will or, you know, how people say, well, you know, he has the will and he has the determination. I, I feel like sometimes that our will and our human will and determination is not enough. That's right. That's <laughs> it's right. not enough. You can see that on a daily basis from the morning to the evening. Yeah. Your willpower kind of gives out during the evening, you know. <laughs> So I, I I see then that you know it, we can't do this journey by ourselves. That we need we need our Father to help us through. You know I'm not Amen. saying it's going to make it sunshine and rainbows and your life is just going to turn into fortune. But you do have a solid ground and you you have a base. And a lot of times it's important to have that base. That's right. What what a great perspective from Levon Kirkland here on Unpacking It. And it really is true. All of us have to get to that point of surrender and saying it's not about me and, and truly uh, just submitting ourselves to the Lord and to say, hey, I want, I want to do it your way. I want to do it with your strength, not just my own strength. And uh, then, then life becomes uh, just a lot more powerful. Doesn't mean that it, everything becomes great, but it becomes more powerful. And, and we're able to, to, to get through the good times, the bad times with, with the strength from the Lord. And, and you mentioned some of those good times uh, in your, your last response, but also earlier in the conversation, you, you mentioned some really tough stuff that, that you faced. And, and so as you, as you continue to process those, those tough experiences, to, to watch those that you, you love uh, pass away and, 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 and not be able to, to be with them right now, how did your, your faith really grow during those times and, and what was revealed to you 
during that experience that, that might even be an encouragement to somebody listening today? Okay. One of the things that it, it may seem a little strange, but one of the things I learned just kind of reading is that I think a lot of times when we go through moments of grief that we don't own anybody. Mm. Uh, they're not ours. Mm. And that it's okay not to be okay. That's right. Uh, I tell people ask me that all the time. And a lot of times from a Christian standpoint, you get people saying be strong and this and that. The Bible, I mean, it basically says, you know, put your burdens on him and not trying to hold it on your own. I think people go in thinking they have to be a stoic kind of person. And I realize that, you know, a lot of times that's not the truth. It's okay to grieve. It's okay not to be strong. There will be times like this. The Bible is just what I've learned. Just kept things in perspective more than anything, because losing someone that you love, I mean, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's tough. You're going to miss that person and you're going to grieve, but that you keep it all in perspective that, especially like with my wife, I, I understand that, you know, nobody owns anybody that, you know, you got to, you have to be able to let go mm. at some, per, some point in time. And it is a part of the cycle. And I really appreciate you, you sharing just your thoughts on that and, and opening up about that. Really, really, really appreciate it. LaVon Kirkland, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And, and LaVon, we'll, we'll wrap up with this last one. Uh, as a, a former Clemson football player, I, I've got to ask you about the, uh, the team and, and just your, your thoughts on really the, the, the rise of, of Clemson football. What's maybe been your, your biggest takeaway about what you've seen over the last few years since, since Dabo Sweeney has, has taken over as the head coach? I really remember when he first got the job, a lot of people didn't think he was qualified for the job. I remember going in his office. It was the Thanksgiving day, actually. They were practicing for South Carolina, and he basically showed me his vision of the team. And once he showed me his vision for the team, I thought, like, wow, this guy should really get the job. Hmm. He does He does get the job. The way things went as far as him hiring people, making it a comfortable atmosphere. I think when anytime you work for a company, I, I think people think it's the the pay that you get. But honestly, you want a great environment where you feel a part of the team. You feel that your voice is being heard. And I feel like that's what they get at Clemson when a young player comes in there and a parent can see that same thing. And if you follow their blog, they really do a lot with the players as far as helping them throughout the process, helping them grow and become better men. Mm. I don't see it as a football factory. I see it as he's really developed some great men who love the product. And the Paul is very powerful right now, especially in South Carolina, but it's spreading all over the place. And it's kind of nice to see, especially yeah. being from this state, to see us doing as well as we're doing. I mean, it is amazing. And I really do. I'm really proud of what Clemson has represented. You know, it's, it's being, you know, noted in the blue bloods of football right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometime in the past. I mean, sometime in the future, I mean, Clemson's going to be known as, you know, one of the stellar groups 
of football programs there is. So it's really good to see. He's done a fantastic job. And, you know, that leadership from top to bottom is so important. And Clemson has it going on right now. And being from the state and being an alumnus, it's great to see. It really is. And I'm enjoying it. That That's right. And it doesn't appear that they'll be slowing down anytime soon. And it's been fun to see, and, and especially for, for you as a, as a Clemson great, uh, it's got to be really exciting. So, LaVon, man, really great to talk with you. Just appreciate your, your, your heart and, and being willing to, to share with us today, and, and great to connect with you, and, and thanks so much for joining us here on Unpacking It. Oh, well, hey, thank you guys for allowing me to express myself. I really appreciate it, and if there's anything that I can do, let me know. I'd be more than happy to do it. Awesome. Sounds good. He's LaVon Kirkland. I'm Bryce Johnson. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Daryl Waltrip and Dean Wagner right here on Unpacking It. Going beyond the field, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and it is time to start thinking about the upcoming fantasy football season. And good news, Unpacking It Ministries has a resource for you that will take you from the draft all the way through the championship. Order your Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook today, and each week, read about a fantasy concept and how it relates to the Bible and our own lives. It's designed for your league to discuss at weekly league meetings, on the phone, or in person. The FFF Playbook will add more meaning and purpose to the fantasy season and add value to your league. Grow in your faith, build deeper relationships with other owners in the league, and make more of your fantasy season. Join us at FantasyFootballFellowship.org and find all the details and order the FFF Playbook today. That's FantasyFootballFellowship.org. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. It's Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well as our devotional. Just go to unpackingit.com. And joining us now are two special guests on the line together. Daryl Waltrip is one of the greatest drivers in NASCAR history and is in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He is a three-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, and he won 84 cup races. He is now a lead commentator for NASCAR on Fox Sports. He recently became an investor in the company Authentically American. And we are joined today by the founder and CEO, Dean Wegner. He is a West Point graduate and served seven years as an officer, helicopter pilot, and Army Ranger. They both are with us to unpack their faith, their careers, and Authentically American. Daryl and Dean, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Oh, great. Yeah, you're uh, you're over in the heart of, of kind of my country. Uh, I think your show comes, you're in Charlotte, and uh, I, I spent my whole racing career. Uh, I live in Franklin, Tennessee, but I've always raced out of Charlotte because that's sort of the hub of our sports. So 
uh, you're right there amongst probably about 50 race teams and probably <laughs> 50 million race fans. So you're in the right spot. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're in the heart of it. And, and I, I guess we'll start there. So, so how did you end up landing in Franklin, Tennessee, Daryl? Oh my gosh. It's, uh, when I was a kid racing up and I grew up in Owensboro, Kentucky and, uh, right on the Ohio river there. And, and there was a little racetrack Whitesville where I started my career, my, my stock car career. And this guy from Franklin, Tennessee used to come up and race with his name was PB Crow. And he and I became great friends and, uh, I wrecked him a lot and, and tore up a lot of his cars. And he called me one day and he said, I figure the only way I'm going to keep you from wrecking me is if I hire you. <laughs> and so, uh, so he said, uh, how would you feel about coming to the fairgrounds here in Nashville and racing one of my cars? I said, wow, that'd be a big step up for me. I'd love to do it. And so I came down to the fairgrounds here in Nashville, raced his cars a few times, won every time I got in the car, I won. And so he said, why don't you move down here and drive this car all the time? And so I did. And that's how I ended up in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, I moved here in uh, 1970, right after Stevie and I got married and uh, been here ever since. I love Franklin. It's been good to me. i car dealerships here got five car dealerships here and i moved here with uh, absolutely nothing and uh this community and all the people around here my friends and uh everybody has just just made my made this my home and i, I can't imagine living anywhere else oh that that's awesome i've got family in nashville and so it's one of my favorite places as well and 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 dean you're you're located there as well and and you're the the founder of authentically american and and so I, I want to share with our audience all about your your company and it's still still new and, and now with with Daryl being a part of uh, the team as well, uh, Dean, why don't you you share just how it how it got started and and your heart and passion uh, behind the company? You got it. Thank you, Bryce. And it is a pleasure and a privilege to be on your show because you and unpacking it what you stand for hit on two of the favorite, most important topics in my life. And one is the Christian faith that I lead my life with. And number two, I'm a big sports fan and a sports enthusiast myself. Daryl was in racing. I was an ice hockey player. Nice. So you went West Point, played ice hockey at West Point and still playing a men's league now. Very cool. So it's a privilege to be on the show and authentically American. You'd mentioned new. We are now coming up on our one-year anniversary this month. Wow, that's awesome. To everybody, Bryce, I'm exhausted. (laughs) When we started, it was a blank sheet of paper, but I could not be more energized with the response we're receiving in the marketplace, and it has not been easy, but we are starting to deliver on our vision, which is to build an iconic American brand that's truly American-made. And that second part of the descriptor is most important because people say, Dean, you're like a Nike or an Under Armour. But unlike those two brands, everything we do, no asterisk, no exception, everything we do is made in America. We're passionate about creating jobs. We're passionate about creating a high-quality branded product. And we are working with businesses. We've got collegiate licenses. We are working with charities and nonprofits. Arguably could not be a better time to be doing what we're doing. And we're very fortunate. Was introduced to DW and very thankful and fortunate to have him as a member of the Authentically American team. I love it. Authenticallyamerican.us. We're joined right now by Dean Wegner, uh, a West Point graduate, Army veteran, and, and the founder and CEO of Authentically American. And we're also joined by NASCAR legend Daryl Waltrip, who recently invested in the company and and so Daryl, how did you 
connect with Dean and and decide to uh, to to get behind this organization? Well, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm, of course, my my I think my faith. I think I think God always puts people in your life. Uh, you, you you always wonder how or why or uh, how did God know? But I'm a big believer in revival. Uh, I think when you're you know when your faith, uh, you know you always I can remember as a kid going to a lot of revivals. Uh, a lot of churches used to have revivals and they still do. Uh, but then when I talked to Dean and he was talking about reviving the the uh, apparel industry. And in, in my, in my sport, uh, apparel is huge. Oh, yeah. Uh, there are souvenir trailers at the track and, uh, all the race teams, you know, have, uh, uniforms, apparel that they, they use. Uh, I'm in the car business. So in our car dealerships, we have apparel. So it just was kind of a natural thing for me. A friend of ours, uh, Bill Berger introduced me to Dean and, and I, I'm, I'm a passionate guy. I, I, I'm, I'm passionate about my faith and I have to, man, I have to really always remember that it's my faith first and what I do second. And, and, uh, I didn't always think that way and I didn't always feel that way, mm. but I do now. And when I met Dean and, and we just connected and, uh, he's a smart guy and his vision was just absolutely spot on. Uh, you know, it's a great time to be, uh, trying to revive the apparel industry in the United States. And, uh, with everything made right here in this country, uh, Dean's right. I mean, uh, I didn't, I, I don't, I don't think like he does in a lot of ways, but I didn't, I didn't think about all the jobs that have been lost and how this company and his vision and his mission, uh, that it could put a lot of people back to work. I love it. We're talking with Daryl Waltrip and Dean Wegner right here on unpacking it. And the company is called authentically American, authentically American.us. And, and, and Daryl, we've, uh, we've heard a little bit just about your faith and, and, and Dean spoke uh, about it as well. Uh, would love to, to just hear about some of the, the key moments in your life or, or maybe even the people that, that have had the greatest impact on your faith. Yeah. A couple of things. Uh, motor racing outreach is our ministry at the racetrack. And uh, Stevie and I and a, a couple of other couples, we we started MRO Motor Racing Outreach along with Max Health. Max was a uh, an ordained minister from California, moved to Charlotte, and helped us with the ministry. And that ministry is ongoing, is stronger than ever. And uh, of all of all the things I've done, as I look back, whether it's winning Daytona or or winning championships, whatever it is, uh, I don't think anything can top. Uh, the impact that motor racing outreach has had on our racing community. Uh, we have Bible studies uh, in shops around Charlotte uh, all through the week. We have chaplains at the track on weekends. We have a family community center. So a uh, great impact uh, that that ministry has had on our sport. But I, I don't know if this is, I don't, I'm, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I got to speak at the president at the national prayer breakfast. Yeah. Uh, uh, three or four years ago. And I'll never forget, uh, my friend, uh, uh from South Carolina called me and uh, said, we would like for you to come to the national prayer breakfast. I said, Oh, great. I've never been. Uh, and I said, so what do you, what, what do you see me doing? We want you to be the keynote speaker. Whoa. I said, Whoa, wait a minute. Uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm a race car driver from Franklin, Tennessee. And I've, I've spoke in front of a lot of big, crowds and CEOs and board members and everything else. But I just don't know about that. I just don't know if I'm qualified or not. Mm. And then he chuckled a little bit. And he said, well, we knew that going in. 
maybe maybe I wasn't qualified, but you're the guy we want. And so, wow. So I said, oh, let me think about that. So I, at first I wanted to say no, because it was just, it was almost too big a suitcase for me to carry. And, uh, but Stevie and I talked about it. We prayed about it and, and God just sort of touched me and said, look, I want you to do this. This is something I, I, I think is good for you. It'll be good for, uh, it'll be good for the prayer breakfast and I want you to do it. And so I said, okay, I agreed to do it. And I worked hard for several months getting ready for that, that morning, uh, in February it happened to be on my birthday, February the 5th, man, which was kind of another sign. I thought maybe that means I'm supposed to do it. That's right. But anyway, I was a nervous wreck. I mean, I'm sitting there bro, with Obama, Miss, Miss uh, Michelle, and, and a bunch of senators, and the room is packed. There's 2,000 people. The uh, Dalai Lama is sitting right in front of me. There's people that, I mean, hide these dignitaries from all over the world, not just the country, but the world. Yeah. And I'm going to be the keynote speaker. And uh, some for whatever reason, the morning of that br- breakfast, I woke up, and I was as calm and cool as if I'd if I was getting ready to drive a race car. Man. And uh and I walked in there and I sat down and they and I went up to the podium and uh and and uh started talking about my faith and where I'd come from and what it meant to me and how it impacted me and how it changed my life. Uh it just came out. It all came out just exactly like it was supposed to. And a lot of people said, Boy, do you really uh, you were knocked it out of the park? I said, No. God knocked it out of the park because oh. those words came out that some of the words and some of the things that came out of my mouth, they were from God. They weren't from me. Wow. That's incredible. So, so once that was over, what were your thoughts and, and emotions as you kind of, even, even today, as you, you think about that, what, what comes to mind as, as just as far as what you learned, even through that experience? Well, I just think it, I think when you put your faith in God and when you trust God, and he has something, a plan for you. Uh, he will, he will, he will help you make, he will help you make that come true. He'll make that successful for you. I trusted God in that situation. Uh, I, I, I didn't feel like I was qualified to go speak to those, that, those people, but I knew I was, I, I knew I was a believer. And so I just talked from my heart and I talked about my faith and how it impacted me. And, and at the end of the of the the breakfast that morning, uh, it was it was very successful outing. So I just I I didn't always when I was younger I didn't I didn't understand putting your faith in God and trusting God, letting God lead you where He wants you to go. But as I've gotten older, I certainly see that. I realize that. And I see times in my life when that's happened. Mm-hmm. And so uh, those life experiences. I'm a big believer in life experiences. Uh, God puts people in our lives. He put Dean in my life. Uh, because he knows that Dean and I have a lot in common. Uh, the people that I've raced for, driven for, uh, people that have worked on my race cars and people around me, uh, those are people that God put in my life for one reason or another, and I, and I never realized that until I got a little bit older. Wow. What a, what a great word. Let, let's end it right there and uh, encourage people to check out AuthenticallyAmerican.us, and, and they've got high-quality apparel and products that are made in the USA from from Oxfords, the polos, T-shirts, jackets, sweaters, vests, headwear. And uh, we've been uh, joined today by, by NASCAR legend Daryl Waltrip, who uh, recently became an investor in the company, and, and then also the founder, uh, Dean Wagner. So, Dean and Daryl, it's been a privilege to talk with both of you. Love the story and, and love what you guys are doing and appreciate you taking some time to join us here on Unpacking It. Yep. You know, it's not every day you get two DWs on the same show. So, uh, <laughs> it's been it's been a pleasure. And uh, I know you're doing a lot of great work and you keep it up, too. 
Absolutely. Absolutely, Bryce. Keep it going. Well, thanks so much to Daryl and Dean. Up next, we're going to do our segment, Unpack This, about the most underappreciated players in the NFL and how it relates to our own lives. It's next. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's time for our final segment of the day. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. As sports fans, we easily recognize greatness, especially when it comes to elite quarterbacks. Then there are players throughout the NFL that contribute in huge ways but fly under the radar. On NFL.com, Cynthia Freeland wrote an article where she analyzed players and came up with a list of the most underappreciated players of 2018. Based on her metrics, these five players were determined the most underappreciated last season. Jason Kelsey, Kevin Byard, Akeem Hicks, Desmond King, and Adam Humphreys. Each of these players were drafted in the third round or later, have been to no more than two Pro Bowls, and were not among the top 10 highest paid players at their position. Now, plenty of people in the sports world are underappreciated, overlooked, and their efforts go largely unnoticed. Unfortunately, though, the same is true in our own lives. And it's important that we realize this, especially during this Memorial Day weekend. How many times have the people who make our lives so much better go unnoticed by us? We're usually thankful for the big things, but how often do we overlook blessings that appear small and underappreciate them? There are most likely people in our lives that consistently contribute to our well-being, but receive very little recognition. Also, how often do we underappreciate what God has done for us? When we do appreciate what we have and who we know, we will spend less time complaining. When we start looking around and noticing the key people God has placed in our lives that help us thrive, we'll be filled with awe and appreciation. Today, as we live with thankfulness toward God and a proper appreciation toward others, let's hold on tightly to what it says in the Bible. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So I hope you're willing to unpack that for yourselves and really appreciate you joining me today and hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.